Yeah, I'll tell you what. I have no issue calling that the worst offensive performance of the year. Uh, I'm not sure it's toppable. I'm not sure that that crown is even able to be taken. Um, And, you know, it's really sad when I'm thinking back of, is that even the worst offensive performance the last two years, considering last year's offense was just in general one of the worst we've ever seen? It's a debate. At least. Let's talk about this fantastic 4th of July baseball game. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get a up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Sleeper is also a super accurate representation of the Tigers' offense today. So shout out to Sleeper. Um, great transition there. That was dreadful. That was really, really dreadful. Uh, the Detroit Tigers lose one to nothing in the tenth inning to one of the worst baseball teams of the modern era, comfortably. Uh, a team that is actively trying to be as bad as possible so that they can go through with a sale uh, and go through with a relocation. That is the Oakland A's goal. If the Oakland A's lost out and not a single fan attended a home game the rest of the year, their owner would be happy. That is the current state of the Oakland Athletics. And it's sad. I have a soft spot for the Oakland A's. I think a lot of like baseball nerds that are, you know, in my generation do because of Moneyball and and whatnot. That doesn't take away from the fact that they are legitimately, their owner would, would literally be happy if not a single fan attended a game the rest of the year and if they lost out. Because that would make the case for him to move the franchise that much easier than it already is. And the Tigers just lost one to nothing. They got shut out. Not only shut out. Because that's not good enough. Is this the Oakland A's first shutout of the year? I think it is. I think it might be. Regardless, you got shut out by the Oakland Athletics. Not only through nine... You couldn't even score the Manfred runner in the 10th. And you couldn't even actually not even just score him. The Manfred runner did not even reach third base in extra innings. That was horrific. That that was, was awful. That game legitimately should have came with a parental advisory sticker. Like, I don't think children should be allowed to watch the offense. That was awful. 
I was in attendance for this game. Childhood friend uh, of mine was in town, so uh, me and his family went down to uh, to the game. Thought it would be a nice way to spend the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody, to all of uh, our American listeners here. Um, if you hear fireworks during this recording, it's because I'm recording on the night of 4th of July, so very prevalent. If you can't hear them, I certainly can, but I apologize, not much I can do. But we thought that it'd be kind of a fun way. They're playing the Oakland A's. Not that it's a guaranteed win, because you certainly can't say that about this team, but why not? It'll be a fun day, beautiful weather, night game. And they did not score a single run in 10 innings, including an inning in which the runners started on second base. So far, I haven't told you anything you don't already know. But that doesn't make it any less preposterous that it happened. Um, okay, let's get it. We'll, we'll get into, we'll, let's start breaking down the game itself. I want to start with the medical update. Uh, Tarek Skubal obviously started on Tuesday. There was a kind of a scary moment in that game where, uh, the trainer went out to check on Tarek. Um, thankfully that has been reported as it was just a leg cramp. So no big deal. He finished the inning. Uh, and the reason he got pulled was because that was like a kind of a predetermined thing. It really didn't have anything to do with the trainer going out there. It was just a cramp. So no big deal, um, thankfully. Eduardo Rodriguez will be back on Wednesday. So that is super fun. Today, as you're listening to this, he will pitch game two of this series. Uh, to make room for Erod, Garrett Hill has been optioned down to Toledo. And unfortunately, to make room for Tarek Skubal, Tyler Alexander finds himself on the 60-day I.L. When will it end? Like, it, it, it's it's one thing. Not it's one thing. But, like, this team already just put together a pathetic performance. Half of the team did. Anybody with a bat in their hands put together a pathetic performance in this ballgame. Right? But, to then on top of that, lose a guy who I think he's only given up two earned runs in the last, like, 20 innings or something like that. Well, I think before the three-run homer, that was the, the that was the case in Colorado. Tyler Alexander has been unbelievably valuable for this team. He's a long-inning lefty reliever that does not walk anyone. Not only was he put on the 60-day, he will miss the remainder of the season. Tyler Alexander is has not confirmed guaranteed out of the year, uh, but pretty much every beat writer was like, hey, the writing is on the wall. There's a lot of inflammation going on there. They're, they feel comfortable putting straight him, putting him straight on the 60 right now. And all signs point to him having thrown his last inning for the Tigers in 2023. Awesome. Just what we needed. So that started the day. All that the, that news. Uh, Riley Green's on the itinerary here just really quickly. This is a very quick conversation. Um, Riley Green was in the clubhouse, in the dugout rather. For this ball game, and I had several people reach out to me and go like, "What's happening, Riley? Why is Riley Green here?" Uh, because he made his rehab assignment debut. That's not the correct terminology, but it's, it's, he he played in Toledo on Monday. Uh, there there is no like scare. There is no injury. They are just taking uh, it very precautiously. And it was a scheduled day off. He was supposed to play on Monday, have the day off on Tuesday, and then I believe they're back in Toledo for like 
the the remainder of the weekdays, I think. I don't know where they are this weekend, but I believe this series during the week, they're back in Toledo. So he just came up, he had a scheduled day off, he was with the team, and he would go back to Toledo uh, and, and resume playing. So no news, no like jump scare of, oh, is he hurt again, whatever. Everything is fine, and, and he will resume playing immediately. Um, let's talk about this ball game. Let's talk about the good in this ball game, okay? Let's get the, the the energy up. I'm I'm very. I just sat in the sun for the the game was over before the the sun went down. They started the fireworks when the sun was still out because that's what happens when no runs are scored in the pitch clock era. The game is over in like an hour and forty five minutes. So, um, very very. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's yeah, boom. Let's talk. Let's talk pitching. Uh, the pitching was really, really solid in this game. We're not going to talk about the Oakland A's pitching. We'll get to that later when we talk about the Tigers' offense. Tarek Skubal started this ball game, first game he has started since August of 2022. It has been almost a full calendar year since we last saw Tarek Skubal on a, on the mound in Comerica Park. He was phenomenal, truly phenomenal. And I went back when I got home. I I went back and rewatched. Uh, like like his innings specifically, uh, I definitely fast-forwarded through the Tigers at-bats. Um, and a couple of things to note, okay, right off the bat. One, by the end of the outing, the fastball was up to 98.5 miles an hour. Wow, okay. Second thing I want to note, we'll get after right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Sleeper. Uh, Sleeper is... Awesome. You can swing for the fences on sleeper picks and win up to 100 times your money. You can use promo code LOCKEDON and sleeper will match your first deposit for up to $100. If you want 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball, sleeper is now offering that 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, and more, right? So individual players, you can talk uh, Otani. Is he going to have more or less strikeouts than the number that's given, etc.? Get your picks right, and you could win big. Sleeper is awesome. Uh, I actually use Sleeper not only for uh, daily you know, baseball like this, but also uh, like my my dynasty like seasons, right? For fantasy football and for fantasy baseball. Uh, and they just keep growing and growing. It's very user-friendly. The app is the best. Genuinely, uh, entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's truly that easy. That's safe and fast withdrawals. Uh, there, there really is no downside. So use promo code locked on it and you'll get up to one a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. You can see Sleeper's terms for use and details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in even after a one nothing shutout loss to the Oakland Athletics. Golly. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I greatly appreciate y'all. To the everydayers, we will be back tomorrow recapping game two of this series. Um, so Tarek Skubal started. We talked about the velocity. The other thing that really jumped out at me was the slider, I think, looked different. I think that I don't know if it was uh, – I, I don't – 
the the spin numbers are about the same as they were last year. So I don't think it was anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, pitchers mess with shape a lot. And I thought this was a lot sharper. And I think the biggest thing for me is uh, breaking balls, sweepers, curveballs, sliders, etc. When they have good bite, obviously that's when they're at their best. That's a pretty captain obvious thing to say. Um, but some of them, and we see it with Reese Olsen, not in this game, but sometimes, right? And and I guess, honestly, the, the best example of this is Matthew Boyd, right? Like over the years, he has a slider that gets a ton of swings and misses, but it also doesn't have like a really hard late bite. It's just kind of one fluid movement. And that also causes, if it's hung in the middle of the strike zone, which he has a tendency to do, they can get hit very, very hard. I thought this shape of this slider, not a ton different, but I thought that it had a late kind of dive action to it. Um, I, I thought that, I, I don't want to say like when it got to this point, it just like fell off the table, but it, it almost looked like it had kind of a, a later bite to it. And uh, I, I would imagine that they've been working in, I mean, he's, he hasn't pitched in a year, right, at the major league level. So I'd imagine they've been working on stuff along with the rehab process, also working on still growth as a pitcher. He's still a young pitcher that's trying to take strides in this league and get better and better. Like injuries, you can't really use that as, as an excuse when you're at the major league level to stop trying to get better. And I would imagine that that has something to do with it. So uh, it's not something that I noticed a ton when watching his rehab starts. Uh, but in this outing, I noticed very, very early on. I love this version of the slider. I I, I saw a few people talking about it um, on the, on the timeline as well. Just very, very impressive. And I look. I mean, it topped out at ninety one miles an hour. I, geez, right? Like if he's if he's throwing ninety six mile an hour fastballs with ninety mile an hour sliders. And, uh, and, you know, 86, 87 mile an hour changeups. You're talking about a guy who has the ability to be absolutely lethal from the left side. So that was one thing I noticed. Uh, the changeup uh, was the biggest thing for me, um, to be completely honest with you. He only threw it seven times. Uh, they, there is a legit argument that they were the seven nastiest pitches of his entire outing. I thought the changeup looked phenomenal. And I know you want to kind of make it as simple as possible in first outing back. You don't want him to get too much and, and, and you know, throw 20 of each pitch or whatnot. And, and he was always going to be fastball heavy in his first outing back. And uh, his fastball is great. So no complaints. And, and I mean, he literally didn't walk anyone, didn't give up any hits, right? Like if it wasn't for the hit battery, would have gone four perfect innings. Um, but, he, oh my goodness, he had a, one of them was a strikeout. But he had two whiffs on it specifically that, oh my goodness, just fell off the table late. Uh, got up to like 86, 87 miles an hour. Insane movement. I was a huge fan of everything I saw. Tarek Skubal, two thumbs up. Fantastic. I would imagine that they'll kind of, I don't want to say baby him, but they'll be very cautious with him leading up to the break. The break will happen and then hopefully break on top of just time the rotation. It'll be a while since he has pitched last. In the second half, I expect them to kind of let him off the leash a little bit more. So, awesome first outing back. First outing in almost a year. Four innings, no hits, no walks. Not a whole lot of complaints. Then, we went to Reese Olsen for the next five innings, and he was stellar. 
He goes five innings, one hit, no earned runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. The ERA is now down to 402. Uh, look, this slider is is a major league slider. It is so filthy. You can see it from the seats. If you're at the game in the crowd, you can see it move a boatload. You can watch it on TV and see it you know, dance like crazy. Uh, it is a lethal, lethal pitch. His slider legitimately, I think the average spin on it over the course of the year is like a tad over 3,000 RPM, which is unbelievable if you track spin. Um, so yeah, and, and topped out at 87 and a half miles an hour on top of that. The kid's going to be okay. The stuff will play. That's always been a thing. The biggest thing for me and the thing that I, in his last outing, I told everybody to keep an eye on and I will continue to do so. The effectiveness of his fastball has been a huge question mark for me. The slider's going to play. He's going to get swings and misses on it, whatever. Now, in this outing, he threw more sliders than he did any other pitch, which I love. This whole, like, you, you, you know, you got to overthink and and uh, try to set hitters up all the time. Obviously, setting up and, and pitch sequencing is just part of baseball, but why not throw your best pitch the most? Who says that your best pitch, A, has to be a fastball, or B, that you need to throw the fastball more than anything else? Go to what works, baby. Like I, I And that's something that I love Chris Fetter for because that's very much his mindset, and it's been very clear since the beginning. There's none of this pitching backwards. Oh, if you can start with your weak stuff and get ahead in the count, then you can go to your good stuff. Yeah, but if you're throwing your weak stuff early, it's going to get crushed early. Throw what works, dog. It's You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to overthink it. Just go down and, and throw your best pitch more than any other pitch. And that's exactly what he did in this outing. Now it was one more, but still the fact that he's throwing the slider, even the same amount of this four-seam fastball, I love. And I think... It made his four-seam fastball more effective. We've been talking a lot about like his four-seam fastball just hasn't been very good at the major league level. Um, and he has a, even in the minor league level, it wasn't very effective as far as you know inducing strikes and whatnot. He had three called strikes and three swinging miss strikes on the fastball. He had five balls in play, three foul balls. So there you go. In some way, shape, or form. Nine of his 23 four-seam fastballs were strikes, either fouls, swinging, miss, or called. That's not awful. He had a 26% CSW percentage on the four-seam fastball, 29% overall, because the slider pushed 40% on called strikes plus swift percentage. Throw what works. Do not overthink it. And then when your fastball, that, by the way, goes like 96 miles an hour, it's in the velocity is not the issue, when your 96-mile-an-hour heater with tailing movement becomes your secondary pitch and you're using the slider to set up that, it's a whole different world. It's literally you're a whole different pitcher. And that's awesome because it worked really well in this ballgame. Now, in the same breath that we're going to talk about in a second that uh, the, the Oakland A's pitching staff is not good and the Detroit Tigers got embarrassed by them, uh, it is worth noting that the Oakland Athletics lineup is legitimately one of the worst lineups I've seen a major league roster at full health put out there in a while. Now, the last 16 months, the Tigers are up there. They're up there on a daily basis. Absolutely. But do not get it twisted. This Oakland A's lineup is really brutal. Um, outside of two players... I really, really like Rooker, as a lot of people do. Uh, he's got an OPS over 800. I 
really like Nada, their first baseman, because he walks more than anyone. And it's awesome. Uh, so, oh boy, that's it for the pitching. Uh, Tyler Holton pitched. I have nothing bad to say about what Tyler Holton did. Uh, the Manfred runner scored. He got three outs. I don't have anything really bad to say. Bunted him over, got outs, but uh, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Shouldn't have even gone to extras. This is this game is entirely on the offense. Tyler Holton is, is off the hook. <laughs> now we have to talk about the offense, which is not going to be a very fun conversation. We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at Marg's. This episode is brought to you by Marg's Sparkling Margaritas. Look, you guys know I love a good drink, and I've been trying to find a replacement for the typical White Claws and High Noons of the world. Thank goodness I stumbled upon Marg's. They're refreshing, ready-to-drink sparkling margaritas have officially become my go-to cocktail. Crafted with real Blanco tequila, Marg's are clean, crisp, and genuinely taste so, so good. They've got five unique flavors, so there's something for everyone to enjoy. I love these the most when kicking back after work, watching a game on the weekends, or just hanging out with friends. This summer, I can't wait to pack my cooler with Marg's, as I already have, and will continue to do so. Backyard barbecues, boat trips, 4th of July, perfect days at the beach. Marg's are the drink of summer, no question, and they're going to be the perfect tailgate season drink this fall as well. So visit sipmargs.com now to find a retailer near you. That's S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you. You must be 21 or older to enjoy. Cheers, and please drink responsibly. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. So, the Detroit Tigers get shut out by the Oakland Athletics in 10 innings of ball. They recorded six hits, uh, two walks, and both of them came late in the ball game. Both of them, I think one was in extras and one was in the ninth, right? So they had no walks, I believe, in the first eight innings. Even so, two walks in 10 innings is awful. Six hits, zero extra base hits. And went 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position with a team lob of nine. This was, without a doubt, one of the most embarrassing offensive performances I have seen by the Detroit Tigers in recent memory. Um, This was not just, oh, like he was spinning it and the Tigers got like diced. I almost would rather, not almost, I would rather Sears went out there and had 15 strikeouts. Legitimately, I would, because that would at least mean the stuff was dancing, right? He was getting people to swing and miss. He was getting people to chase. He had four strikeouts and five hits given up. They were all singles, like I said. No walks. Four Ks in seven and a third. He wasn't striking out people. The Tigers just went out there, swung early. Swung often. Zero outside of the bases loaded situation, right? In which Javi Baez 
took a fastball for a strike with the bases loaded. Took a pitch. He took – Javi Baez took a pitch, and it was a strike. He might not take a pitch for the next two weeks. So, I I don't – the only analysis I can really give you is, A, we can talk about how bad the lineup is again. And I guess I'll say my piece in the sense that when we're talking about, you know, some people are holding out hope and are like, hey, only four games back, five games back, whatever. In July, you're getting a ton of players back, right? And I've been very much like pump the brakes. This team still needs a lot of work. And the reason cited is obviously the offense. That's not any new theory. Um, this is something that I said back in May. When the bad teams you play on your schedule don't feel any different than the good teams you play when you're watching the game, it's time for some self-reflection. And that's not to say that the Tigers can't turn around and still win this series. Honestly, uh, well, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. They can very, very much have the ability to win the next two days. You got Erod and, and Lorenzen going on the bump. The A's pitching rotation is brutal. Their lineup is awful. Very, very in the realm of possibility. They go out there and win the next two, even if they win them comfortably. But the fact of the matter is, this offense has proven time and time and time and time again that they are beyond capable of doing this against literally anyone. And before this game, it hadn't happened against the A's yet, right? It hadn't happened against one of the worst teams we've ever seen assembled. It had happened against bad pitchers. We talked about in Coors Field. Guy with a 7 ERA. Diced you for seven innings, right? They've also put up really good performances against really solid pitchers. Really good pitchers, even. Cy Young candidate pitchers. They've done well against. Had great approaches. Knocked those guys out of games early. Scored runs off them early and often. Had great approaches. The only analysis I can give you is that this game, I'm big on approaches. I think baseball is all approaches. I think it's, it's and, and maybe that's the catcher within me, right? I was a catcher my whole life. Maybe, maybe that's just how I view the game. But every the beautiful thing about baseball is it's a team sport where every single action is a one-on-one battle. I think that's so unique and awesome. And you have to have an approach when you step into the box, especially when you were a major league baseball team, you cannot just go up there and go, oh, we'll probably figure it out. This shouldn't be too hard. That works in high school sometimes for some people. By the time you're in college, you're getting uh, you know, data, you're doing research on pitchers, you're trying to figure out a certain approach depending on who you're facing, etc. And the great ones overcome that, and the great pitchers can go out there. And and any pitcher on any day can overcome a, a really good uh, game plan against, right? 
figure out what you're, they're doing early. You change it up, et cetera, et cetera. This team, on July 4th, 2023, it legitimately looked like there was zero plan. And I have not intentionally said that very often because I truly don't believe that they're going in unprepared to any game. I don't. But if there was ever a game this entire season to point to and go, do they maybe just show up and throw up for a game? If so, circle on the calendar which one you think it was. This one. And I think that that's embarrassing. And I, I'm not saying that that's true. I don't know anything you don't know. I'm not. I find it hard to believe that this coaching staff just didn't prepare the players. I find it hard to believe that the players just truly didn't have a game plan. But golly, from row, I don't even remember what row I was in. It sure as heck looked like it. Just no good at bats outside of Matt Veerling who went two for four with a walk, got on base three times in this game. Outside of him, there's not a single person that I looked at and was like, this dude is prepared. (laughs) Miggy had a couple of singles. I guess he can be off the hook. Two for four, sure. A whole lot of zeros outside of that. And again, it wasn't like they were getting struck out. It wasn't like, oh, good morning, good afternoon, good night. It was just, we're going to swing at everything because we don't respect this pitcher is kind of how I took it. Oh, this guy stinks. We're just going to go out there and swing the bat and score some runs and go home. What a rude awakening. What a pathetic performance, genuinely. Kerry Carpenter wasn't in the lineup. That's a good look. That's a real good look. Because Eric Haas certainly deserves all the at-bats against lefties. Certainly more than Kerry Carpenter does, for sure. Eric Haas, who went 0 for 4 with 2 Ks in this game, is now down to a 561 OPS. And I believe that that 561 OPS, when it's split against righty-lefties, he is better against righties than lefties. Kerry Carpenter, fun fact, on the season... Right, his OPS on the year is 825. You want to know his OPS against righties is? It's a little over 800. You know what that means? For all you mathematicians out there, his OPS against lefties is better than his OPS against righties. Now, it is like less than 20 plate appearances because he never gets the opportunity to do it. So it's a sample size thing. I think over the course of a season, his OPS would certainly be higher against righties than lefties. But this dude didn't have a 400 OPS against lefties down in the minors. He didn't. Was it great? No. Was it awful? No. You just got shut out by the Oakland Athletics and your best hitter objectively rode the pine for seven innings. It's just awful. It's an awful look. It's an awful game plan. It doesn't make sense. You will never convince me that Eric Haas in left field gave them a better chance to win this ball game 
than Kerry Carpenter. You won't. You can have the opinion. You can do whatever you want. You can have the opinion. You can strongly believe that. That's fine. I think that's the beautiful thing about sports. We can all have different opinions and, and, and debate them. Me? You will never convince me that that was the right decision for this ballgame. Does it result in a win? Who knows, dog? But Kerry Carpenter drew a walk. He drew a walk in his one at bat. In one plate appearance, I guess. He could have gone over. He could have. Guess what? I would have came on this show, still gave the same spiel about how awful the offense was, and not one time would I have said, golly, you know, if Eric Haas started over Kerry Carpenter in left field today, I feel like we would have won. With his, what, 500 OPS against lefties? Maybe even worse? It's infuriating. And, like, I think A.J. Hinch is a good manager. I I defend him a lot. I, I think that on a game-to-game basis, he does a good job. This is something that him and I clearly will just never see eye-to-eye on. I It drives me up a wall. And I don't understand it whatsoever. Because even if he goes out there and he's awful against lefties, and we're you know he gets exposed, he's terrible. He goes out for his next twenty against lefties. A, at least we know. B, Eric Haas has like a five hundred OPS against lefties. I don't know. Got a few people asking me about uh, the odds that Eric Haas was going to get DFA'd. Uh, I don't think that it's happening anytime soon if it is. Um, They don't really have a viable catching option down in the minors. to like. I mean, they have catchers that they can call up, um, but I'm not sure they have any that they would go, oh, yeah, it makes sense to call this guy up instead of, like, I don't know, keeping Eric Haas out there. Andrew Knapp has proven time and time again he can't hit major league hitting and he can hit minor league hitting. That's going to be anticlimactic. Donnie Sands is interesting. He hasn't really had a very good year in AAA, though. I, I don't know. Series outlook. We'll end the show here. Um, I mean, you have to win the next two. I, I think the biggest thing for me, and, and this is the point I'll end on, I didn't expect them to sweep this team. And Monday's show was a draft preview, so I didn't get a chance to say that. Um, But genuinely, I've said it time and time again throughout the season. I don't expect this team to sweep anyone. I I don't. Uh, They're not good enough to sweep someone. They're not good enough to beat any team in baseball three times in a row. I genuinely believe that. Um, And that's very easy for me to say now after we just lost to the Oakland Athletics. But I, I... I, I'm very open when I'm wrong. I feel like I I'm very transparent and very open to y'all when I am wrong about something. Um, I promise you that that is what I, I would have came on here and said, I didn't expect to sweep this series, but maybe like a four to five loss where the bullpen blows it or like a, a four to five loss where um, it's a, it's a close game. Maybe a six to seven loss and like 
Tarek's not sharp in his first start back or something like that. You lose the finale because you just like throw a bullpen day or something. I don't know. But losing in this fashion is dreadful. You got shut out by one of the worst teams assembled in recent memory. And that's just embarrassing. Okay, so go win the next two. You can. Um, I'm not going to say rather easily, but you can. You, you So much can just win the next two days, take a series win. I expected two of three going into it. And then you go into Toronto, and you have a, a team that's not living up to expectations, but also, like, is better than you. And, yeah, that I guess that's just where I'm at. Like, this team, you, you, you can have hope. I, all we have in this world is hope. I'm not going to be the one to tell anyone to get off the train or get off the bandwagon. You be a fan however you want to be a fan. I think that's the other beautiful thing about sports. Um, but I do just want you to keep in the back of your brain, no matter where you stand on the, on the spectrum of, of hope of a playoff push, that this team – while they do have the ability to to have good approaches and solid execution against good pitching, they also have the ability to get shut out in 10 innings by the Oakland Athletics. And that can rear its head at any time. It already has. Colorado, Texas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping Erod's first start back. Super pumped to see him on the mound again. Uh, have pretty high expectations. He might not even have an innings restriction, to be honest with you. They might just let him roll because it wasn't an arm or an elbow thing. It was a finger injury. So his arm's still fine. Um, so they might just let him roll. He might not get the school treatment where it's like four innings or whatever. They might just let him ride, which is super exciting. Um Golly, what an awful baseball game. Have hope everyone had a great fourth, a safe fourth, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Let me find the video. Go Tigers.